We're moving to a message this morning. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the message will be uh, short. However, if it gets lengthy, I'm going to join you with this awesome uh, support behind me. But if you have your Bible, I'd like to ask you to turn with, for me, with me for just a few moments to the book of Isaiah. And maybe if you can have it on the overhead for those that might not have their phone or might not have their Bible, we're going to share about six verses of chapter, Isaiah chapter 53. I want to talk to you about something that deals with all of our lives this morning. We're all on different pathways, but we're serving the same Lord. We all go our separate ways on Monday morning. We all have our vocations. We all have our own family responsibilities. We have our duties that we perform each and every day. And there's a lot of things going on in the world that's pointing to the last days that we'll live here on this earth. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So in the next few days, I've been thinking about, uh, I've been thinking about uh, is this the end? I've been thinking about the end times and the things that we're seeing on the news. And we're seeing two things happening. We hear, the, we hear this, and if you haven't heard it, I'm going to see your hand. Are those here today, you've never heard these words in the past six months, the fake news. Everybody's heard that word, fake news. There's, there's news this morning about the closing pages of time, and it's not fake, it's real. And I, I, I'm just asking the Lord to pre- prepare us because talking about the end times is not gloom, doom, and despair. It's talking about a graduation. It's talking about a celebration when we're all going to leave this world of heartache and sorrow and, and leave this old world behind with all of its fake news. And we're going to enjoy the presence of God forevermore. There'll be no more heartache and no more sickness and no more sorrow. We'll never bury anybody in heaven. All funeral directors will be out of business in heaven. And so it's a great place. And, I, and you know what? Our, our responsibility is we want to get as many people going to heaven as we possibly can. And that's, our, that's the excitement about looking toward the end times. And, and I want you to know what you're seeing on television is maybe telling us what's happening in the world. But I want to tell you what's happening in heaven. Jesus said, if I go away, I'll come again. And I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Listen, if he went away, he's going to come again. And he's coming for one purpose, and that's to gather us all up and take us home. This world is not our home, so don't get too comfortable with the way things are going today. There's a place prepared for those that love Jesus, and I'm telling you, time is very short. With those words, Isaiah chapter 53, would you allow me to borrow from the scriptures that Isaiah gave to us this morning in the scripture? Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. And he has no form nor comeliness. There is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him." Let me borrow a few more scriptures. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Notice verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. I want you to say this with me. 
All we like sheep. Oh, come on. I can't hear you. All we like sheep have gone astray. You're sounding good. I want you to turn up the volume and say it again. All we like sheep have gone astray. What's that saying? There's none of us that are perfect. We've all got on the rock pathway. We've all did some things that we wish we'd never done. We've all made some decisions we wish we'd never made. But listen to me. I want to center in on what Isaiah the prophet has to say. And let's take a quick glance at the author before we move into the message today. Isaiah was a well-known prophet in his day and was trying to prepare the people of the day that was coming. And an unacceptable day for most people. It was the entry of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who would come to redeem us from the bondage of sin. Yet this was a very unacceptable message that he was bringing. And he was bringing this message between seven and eight hundred years before Jesus made his entry into this world. I'm sure that Isaiah, like myself and many ministers, asked himself this question many times, who's believing what I say? Jared looks at, at 50, 60, and 70 rowdy kids every Wednesday night, and I'm sure when they fall out of there, they're doing their thing, and he's just like I am. He gets in his car, heads home, and he asks himself this question, did anybody get what I said? Isaiah is asking, who has believed I report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And the basic theme of Isaiah and his message that he shared was, Salvation is of the Lord. It's not about religion. It's about the King of kings, the Lord of lords. It's a great I am. And the word salvation appears 26 times in the book of Isaiah, but only seven times in the other prophets that prophesied. Chapters 1 through 39 portray man's greatest need for salvation. Isaiah is almost like a small Bible. There's 39 chapters in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. Notice chapters 1 through 39 you, just, you can just look at the failure and the many mistakes that people were making in Isaiah's time. And then from chapter 40 through 66 revealed God's great provision for salvation. And salvation is of God not a man. And here's what we see in the great I am. He's the supreme ruler. Jesus always has the last word. His word will never return void, but it will always accomplish what he sent it to do. He's a sovereign Lord. He's a master. He can still speak and the winds and the waves obey. He's the great I am, and he's the only Savior that took his place on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood that you and I might be saved. Isaiah basically warns Judah of approaching judgment because of the moral decay, of the political corruption, of social injustice, and especially spiritual idolatry. And because a nation did not turn away from sinful practice, Isaiah announces that the ultimate overthrow of Judah was well on its way. Nevertheless, God will remain faithful to his covenant by preserving a godly remnant and promises salvation and deliverance through his coming. Do you see America in this picture today? Listen, it's a day that we're living, but I want to speak to you. Have no fear. Jesus is still on the throne. He's a prayer-answering God. If you'll recall the day 
uh, uh, this past Easter when we had the casket in front of the building and as we had everybody to write something on, on a piece of paper and drop it in the casket and Jared and, and, and Carolyn and I went through that the following week and most people had this reflection, the greatest thing that challenged their life was fear. In 2 Timothy 1.7, I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else out of the report I'm bringing you this morning, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I want you, everybody to say this with me this morning. I've got a sound mind. Well, part of you believe that, but part of you don't. I want you to get serious this morning. Have you ever heard anybody, especially uh, people as young as I am, say, when they can't think of anything, well, you know, uh, uh, this goes along with the territory. Especially when you can't think of somebody's name, you know. Here, here's, and we've all said it. I, I've said it myself. But here's what I've been saying lately. Lord, if I had the mind of Christ and according to the, the word of God and the report that I read, I have got the mind of Christ. So would you just stir my mind a whole lot so I could remember what Ronnie Trammell's name is? True story. We were in this auditorium one morning. Dorothy Cook, who's gone home to be with the Lord, was sitting just about where Jim Slaughter was sitting. To close the service, we'd had a missionary, and I was asking, if you'd like to pledge for the next four years, would you raise your hand and tell us how much? Carolyn will keep records of this for your giving throughout the year. And Dorothy Cook's hand goes up. I've known Dorothy, I'd known Dorothy for years, and I looked right at her, and I said, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. And I looked at her, and the third time she looked, I, I looked at her, and she looked at me. She knew I was in trouble. She said, Dorothy Cook. God knows how to redeem us this morning. <laughs> and, and it's not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but it's with the blood of Jesus. Listen, if you ever, 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 ever give thought, about reading, studying, and applying the Word of God. It's the day that we're living. Going through testing times are times when we really get serious with ourselves, and we get serious with others. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was, uh, after surgery, I was thinking about a, a, a scripture in Psalms. It says, who will ascend to the mountain of God? And who will Stand in his holy place. And then the Bible is so good, especially for people like me, it answers those hard questions. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And that came to me at a time when my, my body was, was really going through a, a difficult time. And uh, I have bragged before that you can't hurt steel. It just gets rusty or bends. Would you forgive me for lying? I'm telling you, steel can hurt. And it can really hurt and, and get me right. I don't want to look you right in the eye. I was lying when I said that. And would you forgive me? But I was thinking about this scripture. He who has clean hands and a pure heart can stand in his, on this holy mountain. And boy, you know, the first thing I did, I started apologizing. I apologized to Sherry. And I apologized to my kids. I, 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 even when I got home, I apologized to the dogs. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you what, I wanted to get well. And you know what? If you're going through something just and, and it's difficult and you're really being tried, take an examination of yourself. Where do you stand with the Lord? God's got promises in the book that will deal with every situation you're going through. 
And yet so many times we get so covered up with, with the things of this world. that, uh, And I was reminded of, the, of a little story I, I read not long ago, and it, it really touched me because I used to have a pair of these pole climbers. You know, before the, the, we had these bucket trucks that lift the linemen up in the bucket and they can stand in the bucket? We had these pole climbers, and you could slip your foot in a, in a slot, and there was a strap that went around your leg. And, and right, at, at, right beside your foot right, was a spike that stuck about this far below your foot. And then you had a safety belt that went around you. And you, you would go to a pole that you were wanting to climb. And we, at, during those days, you had to service. We didn't have mercury vapor lights. And, and if you didn't have a ladder tall enough to change your light for your uh, yard light, you had to climb the pole. Well, Grandpa Tom had a pair of these, and I had borrowed them, and I had I had really I really enjoyed using them. I, I was my ankles were real strong, and I put that belt on, and and you could take your hand and keep that belt flowing, and you could take those spikes and stick them into the side of that uh, that pole, and you could just shimmy right up that that pole. But you always wanted you always wanted to keep pressure on that belt. If you got slack in that belt and you got too close to that to that pole. Believe you me, you were going down and the splinters of what you had created in that pole was going to gouge you real hard. And I was thinking about this. You know, the belt of truth is part of the whole armor of God. And in order to climb that pole, you had to trust that that belt was going to hold you. And the way you did that, you put all your weight back in that belt, and it would hold you until you could reach up, you could unscrew the light bulb, you could change it. And after you got everything done, you could take some pressure off that belt, and then you could come down the pole. Listen to me. God has given you the power to mount up with wings as eagles. He's given all of us the power to run and not be weary. He's given us all of us the power to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. But you know what? It really takes a lot of faith to put in that belt of truth and keep our loins girded with that belt so that we can, in the day of trouble, when we're doing our best to climb through something we're going through, we can trust that God's Word will never return void, but it'll always see us through. And we've got to believe that report in order for it to work for us. Many people just read the Bible and say, well, that was a nice story. Listen, there's something in the Bible for every day of our life, but it will not do us any good as long as we leave it on the pages of the Word of God. We've got to take it to our heart and apply it and say, yes, Lord, that's for me, and I'm going to apply it from, to my life. And as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want to move on today. I'm running out of time. The clock is running fast. I thought, sure, by now I'd be needing the chair but listen to me. I want to I turn from here, and I want to go to a scripture that, that uh, is just really down to life this morning. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Sherry brought me home, and she knew the pain that I was going through because a year ago she had had a, a knee replaced. And she knew what I was going through, and so I thought, you know, this is going to be real good for me because... Uh, She's going to have mercy, more mercy on me than she's ever had. <laughs> wrong. There's nothing wrong with imagination, but sometimes our imagination just outreaches our faith. <laughs> but I came to this scripture, and I'm going to share it with you today because there's somebody in the building that needs to hear this. Maybe you're in trouble this morning. Maybe trouble's trying to knock at your door. 
maybe it's maybe it's not spiritual. Maybe you've got everything rolling the right way with your spiritual life. Maybe maybe it's physically. Maybe you've received a bad report from the doctor, or or maybe it's financially. You're you're just in a place financially that you never thought you'd ever be. But it's a trouble day. And if have you ever noticed when you have trouble, that's the main thing you think about. It always dominates our thought process. Well, let me give you a report today that will help you if you're here. In Psalms chapter 20, and let me tell you, this works because I've worked it in my own life. And I can stand and tell you it's a truth because it didn't return void. It's still working in my life. And could I read it to you today? May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send help from the sanctuary. In my hardest day, in my most struggling days, I knew you were helping me. You were praying for me. You brought food to the house. You sent flowers to the house. The calls came in. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like knowing this help is in the sanctuary. You don't have to go calling and, and looking for people to pray because there's something uh, that's steadfast in your heart when you've got a strong church family that knows how to touch the Lord and believe the report that God's Word has to say. Moving on. And may, the, may He send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept all your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation in the name of our God. We will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Let me tell you something. When I was at my lowest point physically, I, this is what I was doing. I was waving the banner. Help me, somebody. Is there anybody out there that can help me? And I'm telling you, you get over your bashfulness when you're in trouble. I mean, you, I mean, you get serious when there's nobody out there that's listening. And sometimes you get real serious when there's nobody in the house listening. Moving on. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven. With the saving strength of his right hand, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand fast. Save, Lord, may the king answer us when we call. And Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call, call. If you're in trouble today, have you made your call? He says, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you things you know nothing about. And there's a lot of things that I don't know today, but I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep everything I've committed to him. Listen to me. Let me encourage you today. No matter how small it may be, no matter how large it may be, learn to trust the Lord with all your heart. Quit trying to figure it out. God wants to take that load off of you. 
He wants you just to trust him with everything you got. And he said, if you'll acknowledge me in all your ways, I will direct your path. Would you stand to your feet this morning as you bow your head? I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for the goodness of God and the blessing you have for us. Join us as we pray this morning. Lord, we give praise, honor, and glory today for the goodness of God. You, Lord, you're not slack concerning your promises that some men count slackness, but you're long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory today for the goodness of God. Touch those that this morning that may be in the valley of the shadow of death. Their, their dreams may have been destroyed. Lord, their vision may be gone, but you're, you're in the restoration business today, and you want to restore everything that the canker worm has destroyed. And Lord, most of all, you give us words of comfort. I'll go with you always, even to the end. We give all the praise, the honor, and the glory to you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's family said, amen, amen, amen.